Welcome to the Volley Pod, where we're all about coaching kids volleyball. With drills, skills, and scenarios, we keep things fast, fun, and effective. Presented by the Art of Coaching Volleyball, the Volley Pod is your new source for coaching information. Good morning and welcome to the Volley Pod. How are you today, Todd? Davis, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing excellent. We got a great episode coming up. I'm super stoked. All right. What we have, uh, let's, let's do a little review. What do we have going? So I'm going to start with a skill. Okay, what do you got? And my skill is lowering the opponent's attack efficiency. Ooh. So it's all about defense and going in with a mindset like, hey, how can we keep that down? What, what do you have going for scenario? Okay, so for this scenario, it's coming into this new season with an experienced team, how you might want to start that off. Okay, a little different than maybe starting with a new group. I think you did that before. So yeah, that's a good... Uh, exactly. It's a great place to start. Good, good place to start. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get it going. So what do we have for the skill? All right. Well, this is a uh, couple of weeks ago, remember, I did the, the other half, the offensive half, saying yes. how important attack efficiency was and that... A way to, to win was to get your team to have a higher attack efficiency than the other team. And we, you know, I went through all the offensive things. Yes, super cool. And so this team I had this past year, I was looking at the, my stats, okay. and we hit 50 points less than la- the year before. Okay, so how'd you end up winning? Well, this very way. Okay, we so this lowered matters. our opponent's attack efficiency. Right on. And so how do we do that? And Super cool. so uh, I have a big list of things to do. So let's just get to yeah, it. Number one it. is, hey, we start with the ball in our hands serving. Okay. And let's make sure that the weakest passer on the other team is passing the ball. Super simple. Like uh, I mean, I was, wa- I was watching, you know, some of the end of the high school season and team that we played, I knew very well. And I saw the team that was playing them. They were serving their best passer. Uh, and they lost. Oh, and hey, okay. so hey, can you make sure the weakest passer is passing the ball? Pretty simple. Right. Now, would you prioritize that over serving like a front row outside and trying to pull them out of position? Is that what they were doing? That's what they were doing. They were serving the front row outside. Okay. But she was the best passer. So and so she passed the target and they would still set her and she'd still get a kill. Because they had a middle, you know, they had the middle involved, and it wasn't out of system, and she kept them in system. Okay. So, no, serve the weakest passes. Gotcha. So, I think cool. that is, you know, for me, probably higher than, you know, the tactical serving. I mean, now, if the weakest passer is still passing a 2-3 or something, then you go, wait a minute, we got to go to the next thing. But, right. Okay. hey, most high school teams, they have someone who's not great. Or at least significantly not at the level of the other teams. Exactly. Yeah. So I let's like keep that. that simple. Okay, cool. Uh, next thing is still serving. Serve in versus the opponent's worst side-out rotation. <sighs> yes, such a good one. So, you know, we play these teams, and you know some of the teams we played this season, and they have, you know, this middle who's 6'4", who, you know, is going to UCLA. They set her, boom, it's over, you know, right. and she gets to the back row, and we miss two serves, and all of a sudden I blink my eyes twice, and she's back in the front row. Right. We're not going to win that set. Yeah. That's gonna she's going to be in the front row a lot, and we don't have a lot of time to play volleyball with her in the back row. Yes. So can we make sure we're, we serve in in those rotations? They're different. We have a different serving philosophy. So we want to serve tough, but we got to serve in. 
I like it. I like it for sure. Next, we get from serving into now blocking. Okay. We do not block when there is little or no chance for a kill. Okay. So when not to block. I like this one. I don't like teams getting cheap, like twizzle kills off the block when they have bad swings. Yep. I hear that. I hear that. And I find that there's too much blocking in general, I would say. Exactly. Like, if they're hitting from seven or eight feet off the net jumping backwards, or even five feet jumping backwards, we probably are better served defending. It's defending. You know? And if they're and especially not... Especially if you... I mean, if you have a big 6'4 kid up there, and she can kind of delay and jump and go get the ball, that's great. But we just haven't had any 6'4 kids. Right. And I think it's that, that comes back to reading. Right, and decision making. Exactly, can but they it has score? to be trained. Yes, absolutely. It's not some kids, most kids come out, oh, ball set, I'm a blocker. I'm the middle blocker. That means I block. Block well, on everything. Yeah, no. Right. No. Yeah. Right. I like so, okay. uh, next thing. Uh, we close the block versus out of system attack. Okay. And so, if a team is in system, we think their attacking efficiency is probably going to be higher. We have to make sure that it's lower when they're out of system. When we know where the ball is going, we want to give them no edge, you know, as, as less edges as possible. So right. if you have two blockers up there and they both have their hands up and the block isn't closed, then they can twizzle balls off four different hands, right? Right. Well, if you have that block closed, now they have to hit it off the edge yes. of only two hands. So I don't want to give them any, you know, and hitting the ball in the seam is the easiest ball if the block is placed in the right. So I don't want them getting kills in the seam. It's like, hey, we got to close the block. And I know there's a bunch of swing blocking that want, they want to be higher. I want it closed. And if you're low and closed against the out of system attack, if they hit over us one out of every ten, okay, that kid's a freak. She hit over us, so be it. I like but that. most kids are still hitting, you know, six inches above the net. Yes. I, I like that one a lot. And I would say along with that, it's a big part of that is ruling out options. Like, they can't set right. They have to set left. I'm going to be go early so I can be yep, there. We nice call that home. hedging. Hedging. I like so that. So we hedge. Yes. We go, hey. Can you hedge and get in front of them and make it super easy for your defenders to see, not only is a block closed, but your defenders know exactly where you're gonna be. I like that, very cool. Next one, um, identify what we call four hands attackers. Okay. And four hands attackers are kids that, if we don't put four hands in front, they're gonna get a kill. And they're kids that are gonna get, you know, when, when I, you know, the one thing when I give scouting reports, I give to my team, hey, they set this kid the most often. Right. And okay. usually they're setting, if it's a smart team, they're setting their best hitter the most often. Right. And so that's the kid we want four hands on. Gotcha. And if other kids that they don't set most often get kills and we end up, you know, not saying, hey, she's not a four hands kid. We had two hands, we had one blocker in front of her and she got a kill, so be it. But we're gotcha. not gonna let the, their best attacker beat us um, because they're trying to divert our attention to somebody who they're not going to set as much. Oh, I love this one. And I have a, I have a quick story on this. We, we played a team at J.O.'s. It's got to be about 10 years ago. And they were, this was to go into the semifinals. This was the quarterfinals at J.O.'s of the American division. And if we wouldn't have seen the scouting report, we would have believed all these other players were getting set. 
they were running, you know, all these combinations, but they were only setting one girl every time. <laughs> and, and it was literally just to get her open. And right. so we were just like, no, don't believe all that, right. you know? And a lot of it, like, like I, you mentioned to me uh, this off the air, but basically, you know, most of the time they're going to use all that stuff to get that best hitter open. Exactly. Right? So we don't let that best hitter be open. We don't believe the extra stuff. We defend against that stuff as opposed to blocking it. Yep. Yep. I like it. Awesome. And along with that, the converse of that is we're going to identify what we'll give up. I like that. And so, hey, there will be times when we tell our middle blocker, hey, if they set the right side and we're one-on-one over there with an attacker who we don't think is terminal, don't put up a bad block. You go get tips. We're going to let our libero stay back in the court and dig a big area. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to dig her. Yeah. And can that setter locate back well enough for that person to terminate? And hey, when you're playing at high-level club or high-level college, you can't do stuff like that. Right. But in high school... A lot of with a lot of teams, we can do stuff like that and go, hey, let that hitter, hey, take swings, you know, with, you know, one blocker, maybe no blockers if we have to put our left front in the middle, yeah. whatever the case is, say we'll give that up, but we're not, and if they can beat us doing something they never do, right. they're just better. And, and we but we're not gonna let them. Yeah, we're gonna play percentages. We're not gonna let that best attacker get open looks. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Next, get every tip and off-speed shot, especially when things are not perfect for the attacker. Or when an attacker gets blocked, right? That's another time. Okay. So when things aren't perfect, hey, we, we want to make them hit the ball hard to get kills. Right. And no kills on off-speed. So I'm one of those guys who goes, no, I don't want any tips to go down. Yeah. And if you're going to make a mistake, make a mistake because you thought it was a tip and they hit it and they got a kill. Okay. Uh, now, some of that could be, you know, hitter specific. If we never see a hitter tip, obviously we can kind of stay back a little bit. Right. But, you know, I, I was just watching a college match today and I couldn't believe how many tips went down. Right. And, it, and it's hard because you feel like you're going to get blasted with the ball and then they tip. But the idea is like, again, playing the percentages. Right? Listen, Which how many fun? times are they going to make an error when they tip? Very, Very few. few. Yeah. But if they're going to make more errors when they hit hard, mm-hmm. then let's make them hit hard. I like it. I like it. All right. So now we have, we've gone from serving to blocking uh, to some tactical stuff with defense. Uh, now, hey, defense, we're going to dig high. Okay. We're going to dig high because you start looking at, hey, we were there and we dug it, but it wasn't high enough. And, you know, it was a low dig that ended up being a kill because it wasn't dug high enough. Can we dig high? Allow our setter time, yep. allow our transition time. I yep. like it. And along with that, we're going to play what we call second ball defense. Okay. And that means that, hey, there's defense when the opponent attacks and we defend the opponent. But then the digs that go up, that second ball is not going to be controlled a lot of the times, especially against good teams. So we have to think about, hey, we're defending that, and it's going to be all kinds of wacky stuff's going on. We talked about, you know, your middles in transition and the ball's dug low in the middle of the court. And I watched Wisconsin do this, and, you know, I see their middle just lay out for this ball that is kind of shanked low middle. And yes. this middle's transitioning, lays out and scoops a ball up. 
It's like your middle's doing that. That's right. awesome. Yes. So, hey, can you play great second ball defense to prevent that from being a kill? All of a sudden, in the stat sheet, not a kill anymore. I like it. I like that it. ball is a dug ball that's in yeah. play. Let's make him get another get another hit. I like it. Uh, as long as far as that defensive mentality, um, keep playing through points. You'll hear. I mean. I'm a, like a broken record saying for team. Keep playing. Quit stopping. And kids like, oh, I didn't block it, you know, and it went down. But they didn't try to kick it or get it up. They, they stopped when things didn't happen. The ball went off their block and they didn't turn around and get it. Yeah. Can they keep playing? And practice, you know, we play stuff. You know, I'm famous for, you know, we play stuff out of the net. We play stuff off the wall. We play stuff off the bleachers. We always just keep playing. We love rallies, and can you keep playing and not let things end? And so, uh, there aren't kills. Uh, last few, we go into offense. On offense, get a swing. Don't let them get into free ball because their free ball offensive numbers, their efficiency is going to be way higher. Right. And so, can we, you know, chip that ball? Just chop it to, you know, right back to their setter, and now they're out of system. And we go from not just you know free ball to no free ball. We go from free ball to out of system. Yes. Uh, so get a swing, uh, and then the next one is what I just mentioned. Get balls to the right back setter when you can't get a kill. If they're in three hitters and they have a right back setter, can you get it there? Uh, and then lastly, uh, practice free ball offense. Can you eliminate at least one hitter? And so our free ball offensive tactics now. We go first set, two, three, seam. Okay. After that, deep to area five. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. our tactics. Nice. Okay. Because we think that a lot of liberos cheat. Yep. yep. We don't like, a lot of teams like to go to area one. I don't like area one because that ball's in front of the middle. Yes. And yes. I want the ball coming over the middle's head, so I like that deep to area five. I like it. So that's, that's our little cool. uh, tactics. And so... Hey, you know, we'll give like a point if we start with free balls in practice. We'll play that where we play. Hey, you get a point if you can eliminate one hitter. If you eliminate two hitters, two points. Two points. Ah, that's cool. And I love this idea of going from disadvantage to advantage. Yeah. And that's just a cool thing. That's definitely, I could definitely see it lowering their efficiency. And that's the whole thing. If you do these things, it'll happen. It'll happen. You know. it's, well, and it's, it's bringing that awareness to your team of doing some little stuff that might not show up big on the stat sheet, you know, but then when we look and we go, hey, you know, we hit, you know, a buck 90, uh, but they hit a buck 20. Right. You know, and <laughs> that's why we won. Absolutely. And so, hey, you know, hitting a buck 90 is no great shakes, but if you out hit them by 70 points, you're going to win most of those matches. Super cool. That's a great, All right. a great skill. That's it. So Why now not? we get into uh, the, scenario. the scenario. What do you got for us? So what's the scenario? The scenario of the week is when you have a relatively experienced team and you're starting off the season with them. And these are some ideas that coaches could use to just start off the season that I think are good 
things to start the season. Because you're going through this right now with your team. Absolutely, right? yes. Because you have a, what is it, like a 16... 16-2s team. And right, a, but a 16-2s team at, at our club at Coast, I mean, there's a bunch of kids that would be one kids at a lot of, a lot of clubs. They played a lot of volleyball. Right, and they're, they're experienced, but they may not be collectively... Right. And they're, they're not collectively... They haven't collectively played together. Of course. Right? All so, right, where do you start? Okay, so the first thing I think you got to start with, and everyone wants to start with skill, but I think you got to start with them getting to know one another. And uh, this needs to be on the court and off the court. I think this is... The more familiar they are, the more comfortable they'll be on the court. So I always start with cohesion. And you can start creating even just little levels of cohesion just by asking questions, just by having them tell about themselves, just literally say stuff, uh, you know, just say stuff to the team. Yeah, you know, my, uh, you know, my son Tobias is coaching in Texas, you know that, Okay, right? yes. And so he was just started his club season the other day, and he okay. actually referenced our pod okay. with Josh. Oh, nice. Saying that he was going to remember he had the walk. Yes. The pre-practice walk yes. where they walked around like one way and one kid talked and the other way the other kid talked. Yes. Kind of in that same thing. Absolutely. It made me think about what you're talking about. Yeah, and I just think if you get right into drills, you can do that and they'll go right along. I just don't think you're going to get as much out of them. And especially when they already kind of know what they're doing, what you really need to start off is the culture and the cohesive piece. Cool. Right? So I think there's a lot of ways to do that and we could talk about that more, but just that's just something to think about. Then you got to get... All immediately into the culture. And I think you state it directly, but I also think that it's really important that the first impression is made in a powerful way. So if your culture is all about, you know, character, you got to call people out on positive character when they're doing it. Right. Right. And make it. So when known. you're starting your club season right now, where are you starting? So. So your culture. So my culture is. I, I come on your team and I'm going, hey. I come out, oh, Coach Davis, I've heard about this guy. Yeah, I hear he's pretty good, but let's let's see what he's got. So I come to the first practice, and I walk away. And I, what's important to Davis in that first practice? So one of the things is communicate with kindness. Ah, so, communicate with kindness. Yes. Got a little alliteration there. Little Easy little to remember. Yes. Communicate with kindness. And and. When the when the stakes are high, they have a tendency to you know bark at each other a little bit, and I think that's natural. But we're on the same page, and I'll co- I'll go up and say that's a great conversation. Way to let your middle know that you know she's on time, and you just needed to set it higher. Oh, okay. Whatever you communicated that really respectfully to each other, and I'll try to point that out. Um, early catch him on, doing it right. Catch him doing it right, and and it's almost like first impression. You want to hammer it hard. So whatever's in your culture. Find it and address it right away. The right. other one that's big on our culture as far as just volleyball is go. Like go for the dang ball, right? Just with five exclamation points. So right. if they're making strong moves, I'm just encouraging them. If right. they're not, I'm like, I think we can get that. I'm making a, I'm making a big deal out of yeah. it. You know, so culture, culture, culture. Yeah. Everyone has their slight different, you know, things. Yeah, um, then I'll, I'll uh, mention something about yeah. that go, and that is, hey, we want errors of commission, not omission. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yes, that's a so, good way. Of hey, you it. go for it. Even if you run in front of somebody and you get it, it's like, hey, you went for it. Yes, but you didn't go. Go. You didn't tell somebody. Else, go. You got it. It's like no. Go get you it. Go. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, my thing is get it. G I T I T. Get it. Get it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. 
Um, okay, so, and then I think from there you got to do a, a bunch of things. So I'm going to talk from a volleyball standpoint and from a, from an off-the-court standpoint. First, I'll talk from the off-the-court standpoint. I think it's important to lock in the parents. Um, you have a returning group and it's experienced team. Maybe experienced not, parents. If they have experienced parents. You got you to gotta, you gotta, you gotta you lock gotta, them in. You got to be ready. Get them going right away. Exactly. The parent group is an important deal in sports. It's just becoming yep. more and more important. Yep. And so I think you got to talk with them and you can't ignore them as much as you want to um, not necessarily hear all their opinions about volleyball. You still got to lock in that their expectations and what they're looking forward to. For well, you got to train them. And I think yeah. the, you have more influence with training them early in the season. Yes. Just like your team, you know, you at the very beginning, you have more of their attention at the beginning than you'll ever have. Absolutely. The parents, when you first talk to them, first impressions are big. You'll have more of their attention right at the beginning yes. when you, whatever you're telling them and drawing out that philosophy or whatever, what's important to you, what their role is, yeah. you're going to get m- the best communication is going to be the earliest communication. Yep. Absolutely. So, so lock them in, right? And then I would say from now on, you establish the principles that you're going to have from then on. So you're not going to get all the stuff that you want right away, but there's certain things that I would set up right away. So for example, serve, receive, so important. I would like in the first practice to have them know our four or five primary, you know, skill cues on that. Yep. So get, get them understanding the principles that we're going to use very often. Um, and then from a volleyball standpoint, I think, you know, defining the, the tempo to the pins Especially when they're coming from high school, it's a lot higher typically, and we, we want to speed it up. But what what is speed? better not be for my kids? Yeah, David. I, I know. <laughs> not your kids. They would never. They're gonna be going fast. <laughs> but I, but what's fast, right? And so well, you know, I'm just yeah. But, but yeah. I mean, you run fast, but you run real fast. Yeah. And some teams think they run fast, and it's right. not the best. So defining that right, right for your team, and then uh, set center middle connect. Right. What do we want to do with yeah, the center middle connect? That's big. You know, and then uh, some role clarity at the. I like to leave open ended, even though it's an experienced team and they probably kind of have some idea of their roles. I like to leave it a bit open ended at the at the beginning of the season. Let them, let them fight for it. See who's improved. See who's you know. Well, and I think that sometimes we are a little too quick to just throw kids into a position, especially experienced kids that have a skill set. Yes. And maybe they've done some stuff on their high school team that's different than mm-hmm. what they did in the club the previous year. And you might say, hey, what are things that we haven't seen from you that yes. you, know, you can do? And you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, I'm looking at like my high school year last time, I'm, hey, could we teach our best attacker how to hit quick sometimes? Yeah. Because she learned that pretty fast. That's a good. Or point. would it take a long time? Her arm is so big. If she gets even a little bit open, she's going to blow people up. Right. And yeah. so looking at just some novel stuff like going, well, you're not a middle. Can you hit the ball behind the setter? And what's your arm swing look like back there? And mm-hmm. some people, hey, just testing that out. Uh, yeah, I, I think being open to creativity yes. in the beginning of the season. I think Absolutely. that's great because yeah. I think it's 
I, I, I'm, you know, guilty of, you know, pigeonholing players and going, oh, if we work on this a lot, she can get better at this. I don't want to, you know, do her, have her do anything else. And now, wait a minute, she can, hey, she has a pretty good feel for hitting across her body, you know. Right. It's like, let her do that over there on the right. Yeah, and sometimes you figure out kids that are naturally uh, talented on slide. You're like, what? I didn't know you could hit slide. You right. Know, and stuff like that. So I think you're absolutely right. And then, and finally, I would say the last thing on a volleyball standpoint is system, you have to get on the same page because they probably have some wrinkles that they've come from that are different. And so you got to lock in the system. Otherwise, people are going to be crashing yep. and stuff like that. So get some same, uh, same idea on the system. And uh, those are some things you can do when you start off with an experienced team, but you want to start them off you know, with the fast start. So I think those are some good things to check out. Cool. I'll give, I'll give you one more thing. Please. So can you celebrate great questions? Oh, I like that. So like you that. have an experienced team and you want kids that have a high IQ. So you want them asking questions. Yes. And so creating that environment early and it's a question is not like, oh, I'm stupid. I don't understand. A question is, hey, you're advanced and you're thinking about something that nobody else is thinking about. Yeah. And can that asking questions be part of your culture? I love that. That's, that's really cool. So, the curiosity yep. is so great. Right on. So we're on to our videos. The videos, yeah, the videos for defense, for lowering that attack efficiency. Right. And thank you to the Art of Coaching Volleyball. Oh, I got on here and they had, you know, the AOC website. I started looking at defense and, uh, you know, there are times I go down a rabbit hole. My <laughs> wife's talking to me. You know, it's like talking to a wall. Right. You know, I'm clicking through video. I mean, I'm clicking through like 40 videos <laughs> on the AOC. She's all, are you alive? She's, you know, and I'm all... What, honey? What, what did you say? No. And it, there's so much great content so cool. there. And yeah. so I had, to, I had to narrow it down to three. The first is uh, Mark Rosen. We talked about him okay. before. He's at Michigan. Yeah. And I think he's retiring. So he's just oh, wrapping up his right. career. So it's kind of good to give him a shout out. Yeah. And his uh, thing is kind of interesting. You'll like this from a setting perspective because his is uh, strategy in looking at the opponent's setting patterns oh i see so going okay well this is a setter who you know in the first set in the first five points she'll always set middle whenever it's available the first time and then she won't go back to it until you know <laughs> the beginning of the next set she'll never set it later in the match she'll always set her best attackers outside after she establishes it okay or this is a setter who never repeats okay. this is a setter who always repeats right. this is a setter who um, is loves spreading the love like outside middle back outside middle back. Okay. this is the center is all hey I said outside I set this center over and over and over right. again okay uh, so what are those uh, patterns or patterns tendencies yes. and then can we get a little jump on that to help lower that attacking efficiency oh, with that cool in one. mind that's a cool idea okay. and the second one is Russ Rose who, of course, is uh, one of the founders of AOC, and uh, he's had a little success in his career. He's been doing great. Uh, and he has a thing, hey, defending the left side attack, and just going, hey, if you're going to be a, you know, his team's been known for defense, and if you don't defend anything else, if you just defend the left side attack, you're going to be pretty good. 
right. because most teams are attacking out there, you know, over 50% of the time. So can you be great with that? So he talks about coordinating his blockers, their reads with backcourt defenders and how we do that. And if you keep their efficiency low, those two left-siders, you're going you're gonna to be gonna pretty successful. Pretty well. Yeah, that's a good point. And then the last one is I love this title. Defensive scheming with John Dunning. Yes. Okay. Another of the AOC uh, founders getting into scheming in a bunch of different bunch of different uh, situations with John Dunning. So those are uh, those are my uh, videos on the AOC website. They'll be opened up uh, in the show notes. So that'll be cool. What do you have for a resource today? So the resource is. The Volley Nerd Podcast. Shameless plug, I love it. <laughs> so, fair for me to say this is my podcast that I had done prior to the Volley Pod. That's why I recruited you, because I liked it so much. Yeah, well, it's, it was a, it's a good podcast. It's a there's great a lot, podcast. There's a lot there's of good stuff on good. there. And I think the thing is, if you uh, like a little bit of a longer form, we had some awesome guests, and we could really go deep dive into some of these things so and there's just some fun stuff too it's a little different you know we're pretty focused on some skill work and coaching stuff but you got into some entertainment type stuff yeah we had one where we like talked about the the movie side out and that was super fun but i think there's tons of stuff on there that might hit with you and we we interviewed some incredible leaders uh mark lebedew who's just an awesome coach from um from Australia, coached the Australian yep. national team. And I mean, I don't know. I just think it would be a great resource for people to check out. So, yeah. Great stuff. Awesome. Volley Nerd Pod. Volley Nerd Pod. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. So, anyways, what a great episode today. We talked about lowering the opponent's uh, offensive yep. percentage. Exactly. Yep. We talked about the scenario of starting off the season with an experienced team. And we talked about my podcast the volley nerd podcast as our resource and we have some great stuff coming up as far as uh we have the virtual clinic coming up on december 3rd that's uh like a week and a half away and it's going to be a lot of fun i'm going to be uh the moderator for that and actually i have one session i'm doing okay i'm going to do a serving session okay and i'm filming that uh on tuesday coming up and, and uh Taking some of your uh, some of your tips on okay. some serving. I like that okay. serving golf stuff you okay. taught me, and so nice. I went to school. I learned some stuff. I'm putting it to putting it to work. Right on. And then the other thing I don't think a lot of people know is that we got picked up for the AVCA coaching convention, and I'm so stoked. This is such a cool thing. Like they're they're bringing out a bunch of podcasts. And they're just going to have them all do podcasts live. We're doing the, our pod live. We're, we're taking the show on the road. Taking the show on the road. On the ABCA. And it should be, should it's be, be so fun. fun. going to be fun. USD. Hey, we're homers. USD. Let's second go. in the nation. Are I they going to be there, Davis? I, I believe. I you believe. believe. Okay. I'm I believe. a Terrero fan as well. Yes. So such a fun episode. Thank you so much, Todd. Thank you, Davis. Great have stuff. Have a good one. Bye-bye.